Welcome to another episode of What Does It Take? This is episode seven. Uh, we got a little treat today. We are actually featuring a Wheeling High School alumni, Ben Umansky, um, who is a wrestler for Wheeling High School. And we have three current Wheeling High School uh, students that are going to be interviewing Ben today and, and kind of going through Ben's story and, and sharing what they know as well. Uh, so we have Joseph Schaefer, Big J is back, and we have Leo Arroyo back with us today again, too. How's it going, guys? Good. Pretty good. good. Going good. Awesome. Awesome. So we'll start out with Ben kind of giving us maybe a little bit of background on himself um, and just kind of going through his, his story and his journey. Okay, so um, I started wrestling when I was in sixth grade in middle school, and when I obviously when you first start a sport, I was like no one was good. So throughout the middle school year, I kind of was just like learning the sport, you know, learning how to wrestle, how you know scoring works, and all that stuff. And then once I started getting to high school, um, my freshman year, I wrestled the um, in the freshman conference or whatever I forgot the word for it, but um, basically. I went 18 and four for that year. And then coming into sophomore year, I kind of, I started off on JV and it was kind of a learning curve there because the competition got a lot harder. And, you know, throughout the years of sophomore and junior year, I started, I was just getting in through the motions. I was trying to figure out how to deal with the competition because with me is that I was, I wrestled in 182 and I wasn't a very, in shape kid I was you know had a lot of fat on me so a lot of it was learning how to you know use that towards my own advantage and eventually uh I started to lose weight and gain muscle and then that's when it came my senior year where I went down to 170 and I wrestled on varsity and that's when I had one of my best years where I became a sectional qualifier and yeah all right awesome yeah so that is definitely just kind of the the uh the bones of of your wrestling uh, experience for sure um so these guys came up with some questions for you ben so i guess we'll kind of fire away at them but uh as we go through guys don't be afraid to jump in and, and ask more questions or ask for more specifics and i'll do the same so why, joe why don't you go ahead and, and go with your first question uh okay um my first question is what do you think uh, or what do you feel are your main strengths in wrestling? So I feel like my main strengths in wrestling was a lot of it was just like my hand, like my hand fighting. I feel like I was very physical when it came to it. Like my snaps were very hard. Um, I could move people. So what when uh, when Curran first came to Wheeling, one of the biggest things he worked on was moving off of my hand fighting because I could get I could you know, move people. I can snap people but that I could do nothing with it. So a lot of it was basically I had to work on that. So I feel like that was pretty good. I feel like my defense was really decent as well. Uh, my sprawls were good defending off shots. And yeah, I would say that's about it. A lot of my neutral game was really good. Uh, do you think that, uh, did you ever get one of those, do you do a lot of like hard snap downs? Uh, yeah, that's, that was one of my um, main, like, takedowns to go towards this. If, um, if the snapdown wasn't there and they wouldn't really, like, go for it or, like, you know, fall 
um i would mainly use like use that as a way of like getting an angle or something but um mainly that's what i usually use just so you know uh establish uh, the physicality of a match awesome all right leo you're up next man yeah um a question i had was what was your inspiration during those four years at wheeling so um, when I first started, I kind of just was wrestling just for, you know, myself just because I was so used to it because in middle school, we didn't really have like an inspiration or like anybody to look up to for it. We were just kind of wrestling for ourselves. So when I went into the freshman year, I kind of was just like, okay, I'm in it for myself. You know, the team doesn't, to me, the team didn't really matter then because there was nothing to win for the team. So I kind of was wrestling for myself and then sophomore and junior year, one of the biggest inspirations that came in, you know, across with me was uh, Coach Kern. He um, he was one of the people that like, you know, uh, put me aside and said, "Hey, we're gonna like work with you, help you become the athlete that you want to become." And you know, I started, you know, learning about this, you know, Coach Kern, learning about how he wrestled at Hersey, wrestled at like Elmhurst, how you know, all the stuff that he did, all the accomplishments he has, and I'm like, you know, this is a person that I want to become and wrestle like him because. Um, he was just a great wrestler and yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, you know, obviously Ben, that makes me very happy. And I kind of knew that, right. Because we yeah. got along really well while you were wheeling. Um, but going off of that, maybe, could you, could you maybe go into depth a little bit more into your sophomore year? Cause I wasn't, I really actually didn't know you had a really, sounds like a really successful freshman year. Um, would you mind talking a little bit about maybe some of the challenges of your sophomore year? So I believe the challenges of the sophomore year was the competition, just like it went from freshman competition to JV varsity competition. So I wasn't really ready for that big change where it's like, you know, people are actually going to try and actually going to give me, you know, pressure. Cause when it comes to freshman competition, like half the people are just here because either they were told to be there or they did it because of wrestling. So when the competition changed to the sophomore level, I didn't really shine as well. I didn't, I really couldn't get into my shots as well. The, a lot of the moves that I had and a lot of tricks on my sleeve weren't really working. So um, I believe, you know, sophomore year was the biggest learning curve just because I was wrestling a lot of better people and I had a lot of challenges. So I really just had to adjust. There's a lot, like, I believe I wasn't a really, I wasn't really fundamental with the way I wrestled. And that's the reason why my sophomore year was so difficult because I just did a lot of like, you know, funky and trick, you know, tricks on my sleeve and stuff like that. But once um, once I started getting used to, you know, working on fundamentals, working on something as many times as I can in a day, that's when soft, my sophomore year kind of started to get a little bit easier towards the end of the season. But a lot of it was, just, you know, adjusting to the competition and really getting used to hard work and a good ethic. Absolutely. And I, I just want to throw a little bit of context out there, Ben. Um, you know, you say challenges and things like that. And what makes your story so great, and the reason I, I wanted you to be on is because, you know, challenges, you know, setbacks, what you're talking about is losses, losses. And to give a little bit of context to that, the, the varsity team there that year was an elite eight uh, wrestling team. They made it to the state tournament as a team. It's only the second time in wheeling history that's ever happened. Um, the JV team was really, really good because um, a lot of those guys could have been varsity wrestlers. Um, so to add context to it, when you, you know, those challenges were not 
um, you know, I wasn't wrestling as well as I wanted or this or that. You were losing. Um, you were frustrated. It was clear that you cared, right? Kids that lose a lot and don't get frustrated it usually kind of shows like, oh, they're probably not real interested in continuing. Um, so I, I just want to, you know, mention how um, um, impressive it, it is in a way to kind of see a kid who's really given it their all and wants to be really, really good. Um, and, and as a coach hoping, like, I hope this kid pulls it out. I hope this kid, um, and by pulls it out, it means, I mean, what I mean is continues and figures it out and, and stays on the path of, of fighting through it and improving. And you definitely did that. Um, but I feel, I feel like that context is really important. It wasn't just like, oh, challenges. It's like the mental struggles you must have had could have been very, were tough. We're definitely very tough at that time. Uh, Jay, we haven't heard from you yet. What's going on? What do, what do you, what question do you have for Ben? Yeah. Uh, the question I've always had was, um, what made you decide to wrestle? Um, so what made me decide to wrestle was that, um, my father actually wrestled at Niles North when he went there. And when I started middle school, he noticed that my middle school had a wrestling program. He's like, Hey, you know, you should try out for this. And I was like, you know, why not? I mean, I really have nothing to lose. But I think one of the key things that actually kept me going, because there was times in my middle school career and even high school career where I wanted to quit, was that, you know, I grew up knowing this. I did this for so long and there's no point in quitting now because I don't know, you know, how long I'm going to do it for. I don't know when my last match is going to be, but I'm not going to go out on terms that doesn't satisfy the way that I want to leave. If I were to want to, you know, quit doing a sport, I want to at least give it my all in my last match. And I don't want to leave it up to just, you know, oh, you know, I'm done and that's it. Like, I don't want a story to be told from that point. So, yeah. Ben, could you allude a little bit to it into what you said, you know, when you wanted to quit, could you give talk about maybe one or two times when you felt like throwing in the towel on, on wrestling? So one of the biggest times that I remember that I wanted to quit was after my, my junior year when I, um, when I bumped up to 195 to wrestle at the Antioch tournament. Um, I think that was after that tournament altogether, I really was just like, it was really disappointing because sophomore year I was, you know, learning everything, you know, I was getting my fundamentals down. I felt ready and confident to wrestle up at the varsity level in junior year. And the Antioch tournament was a big bust for me. Um, I wrestled, I did, I think that was probably one of the worst tournaments I've ever had just because, you know, coming in, I thought I'd, you know, do decent. And then I had, you know, varsity level competition and you know sometimes you know your first varsity match will always be good but a lot of it is just like you know first couple strings of matches it's you know not always going to be solid it's not always going to be the smoothest it's just kind of you know bumps in the road that you have to get used to so with that tournament um um i uh i believe i went i don't, I don't even think i want to match that day. i think i went 0 and 8 in the span of like two days so the ride home, um, I, well, when I got home, actually, I was talking to my parents. And I was like, look, like, you know, I'm not getting the results that I want. You know, I don't see myself doing this if I'm not going to fucking put in all this work and not get the results, you know, that I want and win matches at least. And my parents were talking to me. He's like, look, like, you're going to get bumps in the road. You're wrestling at a higher pace now. You're wrestling varsity. 
it's going to be tough. You're going to lose a lot of matches. You're going to lose close matches too. It's just a part of the sport and you have to become, you know, become accustomed to it because sometimes in life, they're not, it's not always going to be deserved. You're not going to get everything that you want as a lot of it is earned. And they told me specifically, it's like with this sport, you have to earn it. You can't just walk through it like you did freshman year. A lot of the like matches that you have that you want to win, you're going to have to earn that victory. Nothing is going to be given to you. And when they told me that, I was like, it makes sense. I understand that. And I just have to, you know, just work hard and keep on going because I knew that my end, my wrestling journey wouldn't end there and that I just need to focus. And that if I, if I got bumped down the JV, then I got bumped on the JV. I wouldn't be mad about it. Cause that was one of the biggest things too, when it comes to wrestling with varsity is like, once you're on varsity, you really don't want to leave at all. Like when I was up there, even if I was a backup, I was like, I want to stay here because it's just a title that you want to be accustomed to. You know, no one wants to be known as the JV wrestler. Like everyone wants to be on varsity. So when I got there and I real, and you know, I wasn't performing at my best and I had to step down. That was one of the bigger, one of, one of the reasons I wanted to quit too, but I kind of just, I figured it out. I fought through it. I had to, I just had to realize some things and go through certain adversities to allow me to have the senior season that I had. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've coached a, a little while now and just more context to the situation. Um, you didn't just wrestle from November to February um, in your sophomore year, right? We had open mats and freestyle wrestling and stuff in the spring of mm -hmm. your sophomore year. And you were super consistent. You were wrestling all the time, coming to those free plays. And I remember we'd have free play and I'd show up and I'd be like, oh, there's no one here. And then Ben would walk in. It would just be me and Ben. Um, and that happened a lot. So you were putting in all this work and, and nobody else on the team really was, right? And you improved a ton over that sophomore year. And I've seen this happen before. I, I had a kid at the school I was at before spend his whole sophomore, you know, as a sophomore was bumped up to varsity and had a fair amount of success and his, in sophomore spring, wrestled all spring, went to an elite club, da, da, da. And his junior year didn't have the success that he wanted right away and kind of gave up, you know? And I was like, oh man, I really hope this doesn't happen to Ben. And obviously it didn't. Um, and you were able to use those setbacks of, um, and continue to build and, and understand, Hey, I put in a lot of work. I've improved a lot, but I'm still not there yet. And I got to keep going. And that for me was like a huge, uh, moment of pride where I, of being just being proud of an individual, like, Hey man, this guy is not where he wants to be. He worked hard to get there, but he's not giving up. And that was, uh, it's impressive. Uh, and uh, Joe, why don't you go next? Uh, okay. Uh, my second question is, uh, what about wrestling uh, brought you the most joy? So I think with wrestling, what brought me the most joy was, I well, the broader topic of it is just winning. Obviously, if everyone loves to win, and that I feel like winning brought me the most joy of it because, you know, if you were to win a match and it shows that you were like, you just worked hard and, you know, you got what you earned. But I feel like the biggest thing that gives me joy is when I see my team wins. Um, at when I um, during our section, my sophomore year, when we um, qualified for Elite Eight, during the um, sectional team sectional tournament, um, I didn't wrestle, but I was so happy to see everyone else, you know, wrestle when, 
you know, one of the wrestlers that I was the most happiest for was Tristan Guaman. He, because that year he beat um, this person from Huntley named David Ferrante, who placed fourth in state. And Tristan Guaman didn't even make it down to state. But to see Tristan win such an important match, you know, that brought me the most joy because, you know, it's a big like uh, momentum change right there. Um, that was one of the things that brought me the most joy. Um, another one was um, my senior year at the regional, seeing a lot of, you know, all the uh, seniors winning their regional matches, going to sectionals. Uh, one of the biggest people that I was happy for was uh, John Quintero because he was battling a meniscus tear. And to see him come back, at least battle and try and qualify for the sectional, you know, that brought me the most joy about rest, um, about that. You know, I just seeing people succeed in the sport of wrestling just brought me the most joy because not, I mean, at the end of the day, not everything is about me. You know, I'm happy if I win, but when I, you know, I'm in the practice room with a bunch of guys that have been doing this for a long time, you know, we're all competing, we're all working hard for the same goal and to see them succeed, it's, you know, it's a whole different thing. Uh, do you, uh, do you think that sometimes the wrestling team feels more like a family than a team? A hundred percent. I would definitely say so. Um, there was a lot of times where, um, I, whenever there's like a, when we were just like, uh, relaxing before a meet or just, you know, messing around before a tournament or anything like that, it just felt, it felt very family-like. I felt like I was with a bunch of, you know, just siblings and a bunch of my brothers at a certain point because, you know, you've spent all this time together with these same, the same group of people and, you know, you just some, you've become so accustomed to people and, you know, it basically just feels like a family setting. I, to me, it felt like I could talk to anyone about anything if I really wanted to. You know, I trusted all these people. I know they had my back and I know I had theirs. So yeah, basically the whole team was just like a whole family. Um, my question is, how do you deal with the loss? Like, especially if it's like a big tournament and you like lose the placement match. Um, so a lot of the times when I lose like a big match or a very close match, I kind of just, I, I, one of the biggest things that I used to do was I would just shut people out. I just wouldn't say anything or just talk to anyone about it because, you know, I was a very, I was a very emotional, uh, wrestler. Like if I were to lose, like I would, you know, I would probably cry or something. But, um, during my junior and senior year, when I lost a very big match, um, I kind of just, I wouldn't shut people out. I would obviously take criticism because a lot of the times when you lose a close match, it's just fine detail of something that you didn't do. And it's just something small that didn't go your way. So obviously you need to know what it was in order to not have it happen the next time. But whenever I lose, a, you know, if I were to lose a big match, I would kind of just, you know, understand that the match is over. You can't change what happened. And just, uh, you know, the match is done. The only thing you can do is just put it behind you. And I, my senior year, I, I believe I lost like three really close matches or placement matches. And I just put it behind me. I was like, you know what? The match is done. I can't do anything about it. I can't go back in time and wrestle. I'm just going to forget about it and think about the next match and how I'm going to score the next points and what fine details I need to work on so that I don't lose a close match next time. Just a quick like questions about your um, win and losses. Because you said that you were very emotional when you lose. So um, who was your support throughout like the year? When you, whether you win or you lose? Um, my support, I believe it just came from the wrestling team. One of the biggest supports was obviously Curran. You know, a lot of the times he was there when I wouldn't, you know, get the results that I wanted. 
and I lost. And he just say, you know, he, one of the biggest things he would tell me is like, Hey, you know, don't worry about that last match, just focus on the next one. And one of the biggest thing is that he, when it came to tournaments, one of the biggest things he always said to our wrestling team was to finish odd, which were, if you were to lose in the semis and now you're wrestling for third and fourth, get that third place, finish odd. You know, it doesn't matter if you lose. Well, it does matter if you lose, but like, it doesn't matter what placement you're going to end up in, but it just matters that you finish odd and focus on scoring the next points and focus on how you're going to, you know, take someone down, turn them, how you're going to escape. It's all about focusing on the next match and what you can do then. That's one of the, that was one of the, uh, one of the things that Kern told our wrestling team. And I feel like that supported or that helped me a lot when it came to winning and losing. So um, I've heard you obviously talk a lot about Kern and your mom and your dad. And um, mm-hmm. I just want to know who had like the most impact on you, whether it's in like the wrestling room or just life in general. Um, majority of it, I would say would be uh, Kern just because when it came to like wrestling or like growing up in general, um, I really never had like a, like a role model. Like I did have my parents, but my mom works two jobs and my dad um is struggling was struggling to find a job so it was kind of hard to like you know because they are busy with their own life so it was kind of difficult for them to spend time raising me like as best as they could um and I feel like one of the like this one of the people that helped me through life all together to like the most was Kern you know um we uh during my um my junior coming into senior summer um I told Kern, I'm like, hey, look, I want to get better. I'm going to, this is my last year of wrestling and I just want to do the best I can. What can, like, what can we do to, you know, get the best results? And he's like, well, we can, we can start lifting and going through this program that, um, that the Ohio State uh, strength coach uses and go through their workouts. So I was like, let's do it. I don't care. Cause there was times where we'd have to, I think, I believe we had to be there at five and worked out and, you know, I feel like a lot of like through that and like through the way Kern coached and just the way he talked to his team, that kind of helped me through both wrestling and through life because a lot of it is just discipline. And that's what he tried to instill on all his wrestlers was just to be disciplined. And that, you know, the wrestling is just wrestling and it's just a sport. And, you know, what happens here happens here. But the lessons that you learn in wrestling can carry through life. It can carry you through life like in so many ways. And that's one of the biggest lessons that Curran taught me. And I just felt like, you know, that helped me through so much of, you know, the growing up that I had to do, the maturing that I had to do, and all the life lessons that I had to learn. You talked about a lot about pushing yourself off, off season. And um, what was your biggest motivation to keep pushing yourself during the off season? Um, my biggest motivation was... I would say just the fact that I might not wrestle ever again after my senior year, because with the way it was looking like, you know, I wasn't going to get any scholarships to, you know, get a full ride to any kind of university. Um, My plan was to go to Harper, but I knew I had to work because, you know, I'm not the most financially, you know, suited person. So I knew, you know, I can't be wrestling in a college and, you know, have no money. So I just knew money would be important, but, um, I just knew that my senior year was going to be my last, probably my last year of wrestling. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to do everything I possibly can just to, you know, have the best year I possibly can. And, you know, if I do everything right and, you know, I don't get the results that I want, then so be it. But I went out on my own terms. I did everything I can. And sometimes, you know, so, certain things aren't just meant to happen. 
And yeah, I just wanted to go out on my own terms. Did you have any like specific goals your senior year? Um, it's actually funny. So before my wrestling, uh, before my senior year, um, cause I never really accomplished anything in my, all, all my other three years. So my senior year, um, I made an Instagram post on my, uh, yeah, on Instagram and it was like a poll thing. And one of the questions was, what's like, you know, what's your end goal for wrestling? What's like, what do you want to achieve? I'm like, I'm, I'm at least going to be a sectional qualifier. And I put that on there and I saved it. And that right there kind of just like that solidified what I knew my, what my goal was. And I just worked towards that goal. Um, my third question for you is what is the biggest, what was your biggest physical or mental obstacle in wrestling throughout your years? Um, I feel like the biggest mental obstacle that I ran through was just like the, I like, this is the, the biggest mental obstacle was just like the, cause it came with winning. That was the biggest mental obstacle. Cause you know, it's so hard to win, but it's so easy to lose. So the thing with like, I had to deal with was like, you know, there's three periods I have to wrestle and I can give it my, all my first period, but then I have two more periods that I have to wrestle if I don't pin or tech the guy, which nine times out of 10, I really didn't in the first period. So a lot of it was like, okay, mentally I have to be able to wrestle three periods plus overtime because I can't, if I just train myself just to wrestle three periods and I come into overtime, I'm going to lose. So a lot of it, a lot of it was this mental sharpening and being telling myself, I have to be able to do this. I have to perform. And I, you know, I'm not going to allow myself to, you know, not perform at that level. And, you know, all that mental, you know, challenges that I had to go through with that, it kind of obviously dissolved into physical challenges because, you know, while like majority of the battles are all mental, there's still that physical aspect. So I had to, you know, work as hard as I can when it comes to conditioning. I had to push myself past being uncomfortable. Um, I just had to give it my all so that my body will adjust to how I want to wrestle mentally. So yeah, a lot of it just transpired into, into both really. So Ben, you, you're talking a lot about like, I had to make sure I was in shape, right? So mm -hmm. obviously shape, shape was an issue. Do you, do you remember specifically where your shape really caused you issues? Um, my shape really caused me issues to speak um, from, a lot of it was just when it came to late matches, because I was, yeah, yeah. you know. I'm talking pretty... specifically like what position would, would, would really you get stuck? Oh, I'd be terrible. I, I would get stuck on the bottom. I would not get out ever. <laughs> yeah, I would never. I would never get out of bottom. Yeah, I remember having a work. We worked on that all the time, all the time. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. Be, we got to be able to move, right? And mm -hmm. uh, I think through that, it's one of the ways you kind of developed your own system of wrestling, and and you didn't, you know, you kind of said like, "Oh, I wanted to wrestle like Curran," but you definitely had your uh, style all your own. And um, the way you figured out how to get out on bottom was was uh, definitely not something that would have worked for me. But you did a you did a great job figuring that out, and uh, was not an issue worrying about is Ben going to have the the gas to go six, seven, eight, nine, ten minutes was was not an issue in your senior year for sure. Uh, I guess my fourth question for you is how do you make the most out of a workout? 
Um, I just make the how I make the most out of a workout is just giving it my all. One of the biggest things was that if I noticed that my shirt was so dry, then that's my only indicator that I'm not working hard enough. So, you know, by the end of the practice, my goal is just to have a dry shirt because that just shows, you know, I'm putting, you know, I'm working hard, I'm sweating, you know, I'm going all out. And um, yeah, that was like one of the biggest indicators was that, you know, I, if I had to go to work out, my shirt would just, it would be disgusting. You talk about a lot of adversity in your life, not being able to qualify for for your like big tournaments, not being able to qualify for first and all that. How do you deal mm-hmm. with all, all that adversity? Um, I kind of just like, I kind of just take it with a grain of salt. You know, a lot of the times I know that I'm a better wrestler than certain people that are qualifying, but a lot of the times, you know, certain matches don't go my way. You know, I may not wrestle my best a certain day. And, you know, if I don't, when it comes to a tournament, I never was like, you know, I'm going to get first place. You know, I'm going to, you know, destroy everyone. Like my biggest thing was just like, you know, I'm just going to go out there and wrestle my hardest and whatever happens, happens. If I don't get first then I don't get first. A lot of the times, you know, main reasons why I don't get first or don't uh, place or, you know, seed at all is just because of the fact that a lot of the matches don't go my way. And, you know, there's a lot of little, like little details I have to focus on because a lot of my other wrestling was pretty good. You know, I had my own certain, at senior year, I had my own style of wrestling. I, you know, figured out a lot of things that work in my own way. And, you know, a lot of it was just fine detailing, fine sharpening. And that's just what I knew. That's what I just knew I had to work on when, you know, I don't place in tournaments was just, you know, it's just little things. It's nothing big. It's just little things that I have to work, focus on. Just a friendly question here about um, your wrestling partners. Who was your favorite wrestling partner throughout the year, like the entire year? Um, that's a hard one. Usually I liked wrestling a coach because nine times out of 10, they would kick my So, um, that usually just made, helped me push, you know, a lot harder and be like, you know, this guy, you know, he's wrestled elite, uh, probably in college and, you know, either a, a, a state qualifier. So, you know, if I were to match his pace, then I'm doing good. Um, I'm trying to think. Nah. I think one of my favorite partners that um, I've ever wrestled with was um, a kid named Chris Araja. He, I wrestled him my sophomore and uh, yeah, just my sophomore year. He was really good. You know, he did, never was afraid to call me out in certain things. You know, he always, you know, put a lot of pressure on me. You know, he, if he, he made it notable that if I was not going 100%, that he would just take me down, let me go, take me down, let me go. Uh, another notable one was Willie Giles. He always, you know, relentless pressure, you know, heavy hands. He always made sure that I was going 100%. And if I'm not, then, you know, he's going to make me work for it. Um, those are two notable partners that I really love wrestling with. Um, yeah, that's all I can really think of. Are you ever nervous going into um, a big match? Um. Majority is, yeah, I would say so. You know, a lot of times before a match, I'm always thinking, okay, what do I have to do? What am I going to do to score? What positions am I going to put myself in? A lot of it was, you know, I was nervous because, you know, 
one of the most like one of the I think one of the matches I was the most nervous for was my regional third place match because you know I wrestled this kid before and he pinned me and you know going into that match I'm just thinking yeah you know I'm nervous but the score is gonna be zero zero it's a whole new match you know it's just I have to go out there and beat this kid and you know a lot of the nerves happen a lot the majority of the time whenever I get nervous it's the start of a tournament round so like when, when the 106 is a wrestling, that's when I start to get nervous. But when the match gets closer and close, I'm like, you know what? I'm ready. You know, let's do it. You know, let's get this out of the way. Let's go wrestle. You know, I'm all for it. Do you have any specific type of pre-match routine? Like, do you like do any shadow wrestling, any jumps, like stuff like that? Um, my biggest thing is that I'm trying to remember what I, what I used to do a lot was just to walk. You know, when I'm, you know, if I'm about to wrestle, like there's three weight classes left and then I have to wrestle, you know, if it's a duel or if it's in a tournament and the weight, my weight class starts, then I just go somewhere and just walk just to get my body moving, moving. Um, usually whenever I walk, I just, I just, you know, just, I visualize how I'm going to take this person down, how I'm going to take this, uh, turn this person, how I'm going to get up from bottom, how am I going to throw this person? You know, I do a lot of visualizing before a match and that's where I found the most success. And I used to do a lot of jumping, but I, I stopped when I got into high school. Do you think visualizing like the match before you go and wrestle is uh, actually really helpful? Cause I hear a lot of elite wrestlers, all the Olympic wrestlers, they visualize their match before they go in. And how does that help you before you go into a match? Um, and I, the way it helps me the most is that it's just like allows me to like, allows my mind to be able to put my body there in that position and to be able to, and like, you know, let's say if I'm visualizing how I'm going to take this person down, if I'm already visualizing it, then when it happens in the match and it's about to happen, it's like, oh, okay, I've visualized this. I know this is going to happen. So I know I'm going to get this takedown or I know I'm going to score these points. So one of the, um, one of the reasons why I actually started visualizing a lot of my matches was because of Jordan Burroughs. He, um, I saw uh, a YouTube clip, how you visualize pitting uh, someone in the World Cup. And that kind of made me, you know, realize, you know, I have to start visualizing. Another good athlete that does it a lot was Bo Nickel. He visualizes a lot. He always visualizes pitting people. And if you were to look at his resume, he has a lot of pins against really good kids and really good athletes. And, you know, that's what I just, that's what I started, you know, to visualize a lot of things. One of the matches that I um, visual, um, where I visualized beforehand was before my regional third place match where, you know, I visualized the fact that I might headlock this kid and yeah, I did head, I did headlock that kid. So it's visualizing helps a lot in my honest opinion. Since you were talking about headlock, I have this one particular headlock in mind. That's pretty much it's legendary to all of us. And it was your regional match for third, I believe where you were down, I'm not sure how much, but you just straight up headlock that guy to a pin. What was going through your head at the moment when you knew you have won? When I won or during the headlock? When you stuck the headlock in and you knew you got a pin. Oh, um, at that point, I was just, I, it was, I don't know. It was really weird because I never had like, a ginormous win like that before I would say that was one of my best wins um and when I pinned the kid I literally I got up and I was like I was just filled with emotion 
And I was just like, wow, I really just beat the kid. I beat this like, and he was, the person that I beat wasn't like a pudge or like a bad kid. He was good. You know, he, he was a good wrestler. And for me to know that I beat this kid and I qualified for the sectional, I got up and I was just, you know, my mind was just racing with a lot of, you know, just emotions. Like, you know, I did it, you know, this is the results, me, Kern, everyone that I've been really working with so hard for, for so long. This is one of the results that I've been waiting for for so long. And I was just so happy to win that match. And I think I remember, I think on Matt boss, they recorded it too. And I think I flexed really hard because I didn't know what else to do, but it was just, I was like, it was just so much emotions running through my body at that point. And, um, yeah, it was a it was a great time. Uh, one of my last questions for you is, uh, what would you consider a successful wrestling season for you? Um, so a successful wrestling season, I wouldn't base it off of like uh, wins or like you know tournaments that I won. It's just that I would look I would look back at my own matches and be like, okay, how does this match differ from? another match that I wrestled, like, let's say last season. And that's what I did my junior year to my, or my sophomore year to my, or no, I like my junior year to my sophomore year is that I knew I improved because of the matches that I looked at. You know, if I were to, if I were to look back at matches, I would wrestle junior year. And if you were to look back at matches, I wrestled sophomore year, you would see so much improvement. And that's one of the biggest things I just was looking for was, is, you know, am I getting to my shots? Am I getting out from bottom? Am I turning people? Am I, you know, scoring points where I need to score points? And I feel like a successful season to me would just be, you know, am I getting in all those positions where I can score? Am I giving myself a chance and an opportunity to score and win matches? A lot of it doesn't depend on, you know, wins or losses, because if it's close, you know, next time you wrestle majority, you know, yeah, next time I wrestle that same person that I had a close match with, I'm going to, you know, nine times out of 10 win because I'm so focused on the fine details on the small things that were the reasons why I lost beforehand. So a lot of it doesn't, you know, depend on wins and losses. Cause if I were to wrestle my way, wrestle hard, you know, score in all the positions I need to score in, then the matches are going to go out my way. What are some things you practice a lot, like the days before or the week before a dual meet or a tournament, what do you really practice on? Um, I would practice a lot on bottom because um, there was this bad habit that I had where, where I would get taken down first and um, I would just sit there on bottom to try and catch my breath, which is a really terrible habit I had, which is one of the reasons why I never got out on bottom. So one of the biggest focuses I had were if I were to get taken down is just explode it right away. As soon as I get taken down, you know, I'm, you know, building up already. I'm hand fighting to get out. Um, another thing I would work on a lot or at least try to work on was mat returns. Um, there's a lot of times I would never be able to mat return someone. I would always either do a crotch lift or just let the person go. But whenever I got mat return, I needed to focus on keeping my knees in and building back up to my base so that I can get out right away. Cause if you were to, if you were to expand more energy on getting up from being mat returned nine times out of 10, the third or fourth mat return, the person's just going to let you go because of how tired they're going to be. And you're just going to be fresh by just, you know, being pra practicing that um that motion so many times um another thing i would practice was just my takedowns and um a lot of the situations i would put myself in you know i was a very scrambly kid and so you know i'd always enforce you know weird situations 
and just you figure out ways to get out of it or ways to score from it. And yeah. What was your favorite memory in your four years of wheeling? Um, my favorite memory was after I won my uh, the regional third place match. That was one of my favorite memories because, you know, I was livid that I won. And but the great thing is, is that my mom recorded the video of that match. And the reason why it's such a great memory just to look back on is because, you know, not only did I make myself happy from winning, obviously, I would look back and I hear my mom screaming that she's happy. You know, my family who was there, they're screaming because they're happy. You know, I see everyone from Wheeling in the stands jump up in excitement because they're so happy. Um, uh, one of the, you know, another great moment was, you know, when I, you know, shook the coach's hand and I'm running back to um, our side. And, you know, I see Curran just, you know, jump, like throw me in the air, you know, hugging me and stuff because he's so happy that I won. And, you know, that that memory alone is just looking back at it. That was like that is the result that I was like, you know, working so hard for just to see not only myself be happy and, you know, win a match that, you know, qualify me for a great tournament. Um, it's just so happy to see everyone else being happy as well, you know, making them proud of all the hard work that I put into, especially Coach Curran who's been helping me all through, you know, throughout my majority of my high school career, just to see him proud of me is, you know, great moment. Seeing all the other coaches proud of me, great moment, you know, that, that will hands down be one of my favorite moments in wrestling. Uh, do you think wrestling really uh, made you a better person like, uh, like right now? Um, I would say so for most of the part. Um, with wrestling, it teaches you a lot of discipline and a lot of maturity that you have to go through. So I feel like with wrestling, if I didn't have it and if I never, you know, joined the team or did any of it, I feel like I would be a totally different person now. And I wouldn't, you know, be in a successful, uh, you know, position. I would probably be, you know, without a job, probably not in school. I wouldn't be doing anything for myself. And I feel like with wrestling, that allowed me to, you know, to know what's best for me and to put myself in the best position possible. So I feel like wrestling did make me a lot, you know, a really good person. And I'm so thankful that, you know, for that. What is some advice you would give to a wrestler that just started and not so good and like losing all his matches? What would you say to them? So that I keep trying. Um, I would, if, if I were to come across a wrestler like that, I would, you know, give him, I would tell him like, Hey, look, you know, everyone goes through this and, you know, tell my little story and, you know, be like, Hey, look, like, you know, this happens to everyone. No one is perfect right away. You know, if you were to look at greats, like, you know, not every single wrestler that is at, uh, he's either won an Olympic gold or, you know, a national title, like none of them started off like the best, you know, no one was perfect when they started. So, you know, for me, what I would tell that wrestler to keep on going is just, Hey, look, like just keep trying. Once you get that first win, you'll see why it's all worth it. You know, once you get your hand raised for the first time, you know, you'll realize, okay, look, I can, un I understand why people do this and why I need to keep on working hard just to get these, you know, keep on getting these wins going. Cause after you win, it feels great. So that's what, that would be one of my, the advice I would give to a wrestler who is losing a lot. Yeah, man, that's really, this has all been really awesome. Good, good stuff. Good questions. Good, good thoughts, good answers. Um, you know, Ben, you've talked a bunch about that 
that regional tournament, you know, and, and from where you came from, right. You, as a junior, you're not able to win a varsity match in your first tournament, um, taking, uh, you know, going on eight and, and by your senior year, I think you had like 23, 22, 23 wins, something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of want to go back to that tournament and, and talk a little bit more in detail about the whole tournament and that third place match a little bit. And I, I feel like I remember quite a bit, um, but talk, talk a little bit about uh, maybe the, cause you have conference and then the next week you have regional. So talk a little bit about how the conference went and then kind of how, what happened at the regional, maybe like beginning of first round. So, um, my conference tournament, um, I did not wrestle good at all. I don't know what happened that day, but the first match that I wrestled, I wrestled, I believe we went into ultimate tiebreaker. And, you know, I think at that point, I don't know what was happening, but I just, I got tired and I lost by two points, I believe. And, um, you know, it was a disappointing match that I lost, but I knew, you know what, I had to bounce back. If I win this one match, I place a conference, you know, great. Um, so the next match I wrestled was a friend kid and I knew friend was in our regional. So I'm like, you know what, this is an important match. I have to win this. And for me, the 170 that I was, I was a very, I was, you know, I wasn't, I was still, I was in better shape, but I still was, I could have gone down in weight. You know, I was, I was kind of a, you know, a fat 170 and the 170 from friend, he was, he was a good at 170. Like he was solid, you know, he was a one, like he was a true 170 and, um, I lost, I believe I lost, I believe the, I lost a match 12 to seven. And that's just cause you know, that kid, he was as good in positions. He may not have been, you know, a good attacking wrestler, or a good defending wrestler, but he's just, you know, he knew the positions, he knew how to score and he knew how he could counter off a lot of stuff that I did. So um, after that match, I was, you know, visibly upset because, you know, that was an important match to win and I lost it. And so current comes up to me and he's like, he pulls me aside and he's like, hey, look, you know, the first and foremost, no matter what happens, if you win, if you lose, I'm still going to love you. Everyone who loves you is still going to love you and nothing, none of that is going to change. So I feel like the way, why, what he was trying to do there was kind of alleviate the pressure of wrestling in a big tournament because, you know, when you wrestle in a varsity conference or in a regional, it, it's, you know, the pressure is there just because the amount of talent that is around is, is tremendous. So that was, I feel like that was his way of, you know, just, you know, relieving pressure. It's like, you know, if you lose, you lose. And he also said like, you know, this week we'll work on, you know, this is stuff that didn't go your way today, but understand that, you know, we just have regionals coming up and that you just, you know, that's going to be your last tournament if you don't win. And I was, and I believe that's what he said. I'm not so sure, but I just, that's kind of what one of the big messages that I took away from our conversation that day. And you know, you know, work a uh, week coming up to regionals, you know, I'm focused, I'm, you know, working hard. I know there's a lot of, you know, I worked on the stuff I had to work on and then regionals come along and the first match is against that same friend kid. And, you know, I was like, you know what, it's going to be a close match. I know this is going to be close. I know this is a match that I'm going to have to win in order to, you know, get the goal of beco- going to sectionals. And so, you know, um, I feel like that match was one of the best matches I've ever wrestled because, you know, my, my, um, a lot of the reasons why I got takedowns that match was either off of reattacks or just scrambling in better positions. 
because he was a very, like he wanted underhooks and I just moved out of it. You know, he would try and push me around. I would use that pressure just to either, you know, uh, get angles or to reshot. And hold on, the, hold um, on, hold on. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm sorry to interrupt your story, but re- uh, that was the match. Remember, I just remembered this. Um, that Frem kid, he liked to grab wrists, right? In neutral and tie up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, I remember this. So you couldn't get your snaps going, right? Because Ben told us earlier, right? He's a big mm-hmm. snap down guy, right? So the guy, this kid's plan or, or game plan for every match he had was to control wrists. And I hate, as it's just in my blood as a wrestler, like I hate guys that just like hold wrists. It just, I just don't like it. I, I don't think it's a great tie. And <laughs> So I call it Patty King. So I'm like, no Patty, no Patty King. So for six minutes straight, while they're in neutral, I'm going, no Patty King, stop the Patty King. I'm sitting next to Blackshaw. Oh, I remember that. You got to stop saying that. You sound like an idiot. You sound like a total moron. Stop saying Patty King. (laughs) And after the match, I was like all fired up. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. We just avenged the loss. We just avenged the loss. It worked. It worked. And uh, for the rest of the day, everyone's making fun of me for the patty cake thing. But you know what? And we got it done. <laughs> ben got it done. <laughs> oh, oh, man. I remember. That was so funny. That was one of the things I remember that match was because that was one of the reasons why I couldn't ever score was just because he was holding a wrist. So literally before the match, Kearns just comes up and he's like, hey, no patty cake. I was like, okay, that's the game plan. And then, you know, I won. So no patty cake. Yeah, that was a that was a fun tournament. And then you kind uh, of wrestle back. I think you had to beat a kid. You'd beat in multi. So you lose in the semis to a good kid, real good kid who's a little bit better than us. <clears throat> and then mm-hmm. you, you wrestle back. You have to win two matches in the wrestle backs. You beat a kid you've beaten a couple times that year already. Um, you mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, in, I'm going to try and short it up, but like let's walk through just kind of what happened the first two periods of the, or, or what the game plan was going in the match and then kind of sum up the first two periods. For the third place match or for yeah. the Sorry, uh... third place match. So. Oh, okay. Um, the game plan was, I, okay. So I remember cause you showed me a video of really Willie Giles wrestling the same person. And you told me that uh, Willie wasn't good at turning people. But Willie, you know, scored so many back points off of the same person. So one of the biggest, like, game plans was, like, look, you're going to have to, men- like, one of the biggest game plans that I took away was that you're going to have to mentally beat this kid because he's not that much better than you, but you just have to turn him because he cannot, he cannot, like, he is terrible on bottom. You just have to get that, you know, you have to just get a takedown and just turn him and just, you know, because I had one of the biggest turns that I used was a – um I believe it was a bar, bar arm tilt and that's what Willie used against him and it just worked perfectly. So I really, you know, my game plan was, you know, to get takedowns and to, um, just to turn the person. But, you know, if you were to watch that match, I don't think I got a single takedown. I kind of was getting dominated the first two periods, but I think, well, I remember that. I remember that match, you know, very well because I remember that it was just a flip of a switch when I realized, you know, I have to go was when it was a third period so part of the conversation we had was he's we could turn him if we get a chance on top we can turn him the other part was when you wrestled him earlier in the year you tried punching headlocks like the whole match and you kept slipping headlocks and the kid Mm -hmm. would get a takedown right so i remember telling you wait till i give you a signal to hit to go for a headlock right 
said we got to hold off, mm -hmm. get a little tired first. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. All right. So that was kind of, I remember the game plan was if we can get on top, we can get a takedown. But that ended up not really occurring. So now kind of right. take us through the third period. And I remember very specifically, it was six to zero. You're down six, nothing. And I can't remember yeah. how the third period started, but just walk us through that sequence. Um, I don't know if the third period started on, I believe it started, I think I had choice and I went bottom just to get the first point of the match for me. Um, he started to ride me out and I remember in the video, you know, I think he, he took off. I know a minute went by, a minute went by and it was the last minute and there was like 30 seconds left. And, um, he, I get, I go up for an escape, but it's out of bounds on the left side. And so I go back down and I look to coach and, you know, 30 seconds left. What else can you do? So, oh, no, no, I lied. I, I'm stumped. So since uh, I, he lost control, I, we went back neutral and I look at coach, you know, it's 30 seconds left. I have to go. And, you know, I tie up and I hit the headlock. And one of the biggest things that was crucial in that moment was that, you know, my, all year, my headlock, I could get it. But the problem is, is that people would roll over. And it happened that match is that, you know, I, um, you know, time was winding down, you know, I had to put some pressure on the person because, um, you know, he wasn't going or he wasn't um, on, like both shoulder blades weren't touching the mat. I wasn't getting the pin. So I had to put my head on the mat and he rolled over and, you know, the mistake that he made when I watched back the video is that he started circling towards my body, which made me be able to roll over again. And that's when I got the pin at that point. Yeah, so it was a fun moment, fun experience uh, for me. Obviously, Ben, you've talked a lot about it. So um, definitely a, a pivotal moment for you as well because you set a goal, right? And for some people might mm -hmm. scoff at that goal. Some people might look at that goal and say, well, that's impossible. How could a, how could a kid who's um, not able even to break the varsity lineup. How, how is it reasonable for him to be a, a sectional qualifier in, in the very next year? And, and you did that. And it was, uh, you know, it was, it was uh, an exciting moment for me as a coach, you know, and I've, um, it, it just, it, for me as a, as an older person, it, it, it just really solidifies why you're in coaching, right? Because, you know, I've, I've uh, wrestled at the state tournament. I've wrestled at national tournaments. You know, I've been on bigger stages. Um, I've coached on bigger stages, but um, right now that's still a highlight of my coaching career is Ben Yamansky making it to the sectional tournament um, because you did all the right things. You did all the right things. And whether or not you become a state champion because you do all the right things or you become a sectional qualifier, or you just break the varsity lineup or you win a varsity match, it's irrelevant. It's totally irrelevant. Um, it's, it's all about guys buying in to what you're preaching, what you're saying, and then using it to get where they want to be, maybe even a little higher than where they thought they could go, um, and then taking those lessons and using it later on, hopefully as well. Um, that's what it's all about. So that's I guess why I think it's fun to talk about this, why it's fun to talk about this situation um, because, you know, sit and be like, ah, it's just a, who cares, you know, who cares? But it was such a fun time. 
it was such a, a, a great experience for you to, to do that thing. Um, and you did it, you know, you talk about me, you talk about your parents, you know, and I was happy that I had some sort of influence on you, but the, the guy who did it was Benny Mansky. And, uh, you, you know, you should never sell yourself short um, and know that you're the guy that did it. Um, and you put the time in and you figured it out. And there were things you were doing that I was kind of like, I don't know if this is a good idea. We got to get Ben away from this. And you stuck to your plan and you figured it out for yourself. And I think everybody has to do that a little bit. Sometimes coach isn't always right, but sometimes he is Jay. All right. So, you know, not too many crazy roles out there, Jay. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, guys, you got anything else for Ben? Any other questions, thoughts, comments? Uh, what do you think uh, other coaches uh, out there uh, should do that Curran did? Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed was that I think coaches need to have fun. Like, you know, it's a sport at the end of the day. You know, what happens, happens. You know, it's always – you should just have fun doing it while it's lasting. Um, you know, I've had friends who wrestled on other teams, and one of the biggest things I was told is that their coach is a complete hardhead, that if you don't win, you know, you're not having fun. There's no point in you being here. And I heard that news, and I was like, that sounds terrible. Like, if Curran did that, I would, like, I, no. Like, I would not want to do that. And so I feel like the biggest thing is that coaches should take away is that, you know, they should just have fun, whether, you know, it's in a meet, in a duel, or, you know, in practice while playing dodgeball, you know, doing goofy things, like, I feel like the biggest takeaway is that you should just have some fun, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what happens happens, but you know, you can never, you know, you can never take back those moments. So why have, you know, have fun while it lasts. It's a, that's a, that's a great thought. And uh, I definitely try to have fun. And I, I think my personality is a little goofy for, for some people, especially some people in the wrestling world. I'm a little bit out there at times. Um, and I try to draw a line, right? There's got to be a time where, hey, it's great to screw around and have fun. But there's also time when, hey, we got to be serious and, and we're getting better now. Um, so trying to draw that line as an adult, make sure kids see that line and understand it, uh, you know, is, is sometimes a challenge. Um, ben, you know, you've been singing my praises for like an hour now. So I'm going to ask a little bit of a tougher question. What is something that maybe I could have done better when you were a coach or when you were, I'm sorry, when you were a wrestler at Wheeling? I feel like, I don't think this is entirely your fault. I wouldn't put the blame on you because it's on the community as well. Um, I feel like the biggest thing is that, well, two things I just took away that I think that could have been a little bit better, but wasn't entirely on your fault. I think is this the first thing was just a turnout for a lot of the summer camps and a lot of the off season practices. Like, it, like I'm not, you know, I'm not mad at the fact that it was just us. And I'm not going to say like, it's entirely your fault that no one showed up. Cause you know, sometimes people have work or, you know, they're, they're in football or in track or whatever. And so, you know, but I feel like, I don't know if there's a lot of promote. I don't, I don't, th I don't remember there being a lot of promotion for that summer camp and for that off season, but I think that was one thing. And another thing too, is the, you know, I'm so glad that we had Blackshaw and, you know, Failer and all the other coaches we had, but I feel like a lot of the times I think consistency when it comes to coaching, you know, would be, I think, you know, I don't, you know, obviously I'm so grateful for all those coaches that we had because they're all really good coaches, but I feel like as a, you know, I feel like consistency when it comes to assistant coaching, like Blackshaw was there for a very long time, but failure that was there for a year, you know, Luke has 
Luke has a job, so I don't expect him to be there 24 seven, but I feel like a lot of times, you know, if we have consistency, like when it came from race and black they were there all the time. So I feel like that was a good thing, but you know, they have like a coaching staff that's, you know, there all the time. I think that helps a lot. That's, you know, that's just my two takeaways. You know, it's nothing like ginormous, but that's what I can really think of right now. I don't think there's a lot of holes in the way you coach. I think a lot of it was just fundamental and it was very soundproof in my honest opinion. Sure. Well, I, I appreciate that very much. Um, and uh, those are good thoughts and good points. And I think uh, as a, as a head coach, I'm always thinking how I get these guys to show up. How do I get them to be here? Um, I think that's a, an issue for all coaches. Um, yeah. You know, until you build up a community, a culture of, of people that are just, they're just always around. Um, it's, it's hard to get there. Um, and that's something we work on or I work on. I'm working on it all the time. I might, you know, my ideas might not be great or they might fail or things don't work the way I want them to, but I'm thinking about that all the time. And, you know, the coaching, uh, coaching consistency is something I've thought about too. Like, man, I need, I need to get some guys that I trust that are going to stick around. Um, and, and we're starting to get there. We're, we're getting there, you know, but, uh, I want to I want to send that question out to the rest of for to the panel to the panelists to Joe and Leo and Jay and hear what they think as well about how you're how, like, yeah yeah what can what can what can coach do better um, right I spend all day telling you Joe you could do A B C D E F G right there's no way I'm doing everything right it's hard to think of one right now because. You're kind of compared. The only other sport that I played was hockey, and the coaches are a little bit different. So I, I, I there's not that much to compare to right now. Sure, and it's not something I'm. I know I'm putting you guys on the spot. It's not something you necessarily have to answer, but it's something definitely to think about. You know, Jay, what do you think? Uh, for me, it would be the, you know we've always talked about, you know, you don't have to do all the flashy moves. You don't have to know a thousand moves. You have to do like one or two consistently and perfect it. And probably the only problem was the wrestler on the team didn't know what their moves were. So they were just kind of all over the place. But we, we've talked a lot about it and like telling the wrestler to pick, just pick one and just perfect it. But, and, and it just kind of went all over the place. So something you could do better is probably like making the wrestlers stick to one move before they can perfect the other one. Are you you're talking kind of like in, in neutral on the bottom all or all spots? Uh, just in neutral in general, like neutral. Okay. Uh, I, I thought of one that's very important. Let's talk uh, about it, Joe. I think that you should get chunky peanut butter instead of creamy peanut butter in the <laughs> Uh, uh, chunky peanut butter instead of cream for uh after for weigh-ins after food after weigh-in food yeah all right i'll put that on my list i can correct that very quickly leo you got anything for me um no it's just uh same thing as jay said because there's a lot of wrestlers that like to do a lot of stuff like like to scramble a lot like to do this i think if you like you stay after practice a little and not like every single wrestler is going to stay after practice with you, but the ones that want to be determined and get a, like a go-to, like Ben had his snap downs. 
I've been like other people have like their go-to. So like if you kind of like help one wrestler to get their go-to move, that would probably be helpful for like some of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's something we can definitely, definitely work on, you know, in the, the uh, neutral position, you know, I try to keep it as basic as I can right now. Cause I think a lot of us are still really learning um, the, the basic fundamentals, right? You got to, but you got to be able to attack. You have to be able to attack the right side of the body. You have to be able to attack the left side of the body. You have to be able to score in a front headlock. Um, so we try to focus on staying in those zones, you know, and um, a little bit of it is guys have to figure it out. And then coaches need to be able to observe, Hey, Leo Arroyo has a great snap down. We need to make sure that he knows that and that that's his game plan early on is trying to get to that snap down. And then if guys can't get to it, we'll move to other moves from there. Um, so that's maybe something that we need to articulate better and more um, to everybody is, is what the plan is as far as figuring out where you're good and how to get there more. So I appreciate that from you guys. All right, guys, this was very informative for me. I hope you guys had fun. I know I had fun listening. Um, I was trying to stay out of it as much as I could. Um, so this was great. I hope you guys had a good time. Um, so take care, guys. Have a great rest of your weekend. Bye, Karen. Have a good weekend, Coach. Take care, guys. You as well. Take care.